Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Millennium Grinders. Have you ever talked to a graphic and web designer who has been featured in major US media? Well, I did. This week, I interviewed Jess Creatives. She's been in business for nine years and I wanted to know how did she become successful? I hope you will enjoy it. Welcome to the Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Erica Peter content marketing specialist, journalist, and founder of The Grind. So The Grind is a platform dedicated to millennial creatives and coaches. If you want to understand how to build a successful business, make sure you subscribe. Every week, I will interview millennial creatives and coaches, and I will give you marketing tips. So welcome to the family. Hello, Jess. Welcome to the Millennial Grinders. Thank you for being here. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Me too. You know, I'm really happy to have you here. You know, I kind of picture you like a quiet storm, meaning that you don't have a personal brand that is so loud, uh, but you've been getting results for years. You know, you got features in national media. So anyways, before jumping into that, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Of course. So my name's Jess. I run Jess Creatives. I'm a web designer and graphic designer for online business owners. Um, I primarily work with service-based businesses, um, especially those in the health and wellness field. And I've been in business for nine years, which is crazy to think about. <laughs> it is. Congratulations. Thank you. What are you going to do to celebrate your 10 years anniversary? I don't know. I've already been thinking about that. Like, I need to do something for 10 years. So if anyone has ideas, <laughs> hit me up. I will take ideas. <laughs> I have like a full year to plan. It's it, My anniversary comes in the fall for when I like officially launch. So I have a while to figure it out. Oh, yeah. But you need to celebrate it. Yes, absolutely. I'm all for an extra celebration for something. All right. So I wanted to know actually what led you to start your entrepreneur journey nine years ago. Yeah. So funny enough, I always tell people I kind of fell into being an entrepreneur. It was not something that I grew up thinking I wanted to do. Um, I started Just Creatives actually as part of my senior project in college. Like we had to brand ourselves for our senior portfolio. That was one of our assignments from our professor. So I was like, okay. And I came up with Just Creatives and, you know, I did, I did know that I wanted to do some freelance work at least on the side. But I mean, that last year of college, I was not like, oh, I want to start my own business in the next few years. I was like, oh, I'll freelance. Maybe down the road when I'm 45, like literally for some reason, I had <laughs> the age of 45 as my like goal for when I would be able to like run my own business. I don't know why. I don't know where 45 came from, but that was something that I believed like, oh, when I'm 45, I'll maybe I'll be able to, you know, do my own business or something. Um, but yeah, so I just, you know, started freelancing in college, kept doing some freelance jobs on the side after college while I was working my nine to five and started hating my nine to five. <laughs> and I Classic. hopped around to a few different jobs, still hated them, <laughs> was not enjoying them. And um, it really like started to become more like, okay, maybe I don't want to wait till I'm 45. But I was only 24 when I took my business full time. And still like, I was like, 
I didn't, I didn't have a specific goal of like, okay, I want to take just creators full time by the time I'm 25 or 28 or like by this date or something. It was just like, I really want to be able to work for myself. I really hate my day job. I found like Facebook groups of other online entrepreneurs and I was like, oh, people my age work for themselves. I didn't know this. Mm-hmm. And because it was not like the online world like it is now. It was very different back then. Exactly. And so I didn't know other people who did this my age. And um, but yeah, like work really started to pick up and I started to get more clients. And so then it became like, oh, okay, like this is a real goal now. I want to take Just Creatives full time. And then eventually I did. So when you started freelancing, did you take any clients that were coming towards you or were you very picky in terms of what they were doing? No. So I worked with pretty much anybody back then. Like I, one of my clients um, in those first few years before I was even full time, I was designing the side of like delivery trucks for a customer. It was not exciting. It was not fun. Um, I was, yeah, I was doing like really weird, um, stuff. I got connected through someone through my day job, like someone, um, at my office had a a friend or someone they knew that was looking for a designer. And so they connected me to that person. And I mean, I was glad at the time for the opportunity because it was like, I'm getting connected to people. Of course. It's giving me experience, you know, but those designs never were in my portfolio because they were not exciting. I did not, I did not imagine taking just creatives um, to the side of designing delivery trucks. <laughs> so how did you end up, you know, serving health and wellness professionals and service-based entrepreneurs? Yeah. So honestly, it's been a very, very slow niching down over the last like nine years. So when I first started, I basically designed for anybody who would let me. If they wanted something, if I knew how to do it, I would do it. I was like, I'll I'll figure it out. (laughs) And then after, I mean, and I even worked for, um, like I was designing for churches. I designed for some larger organizations. Like I did a little bit of work for Chick-fil-A for the Institute of Technology um, in Georgia, like little projects. But I mean, I was working for everybody. So when I was, you know, trying to write sales pages or writing blog posts about like, I really remember writing a blog post um, that was like, you know, why you need a logo or something along those lines. And it was like, if your business organization or church needs a logo, (laughs) like it was, you know, I was trying to reach everybody. And so then I slowly started niching down to like, you know what, I don't want to work with like, churches and these like really large organizations. I really want to work with businesses. So then I, you know, kind of started tailoring my copy to just be for businesses. And then after a while, I really realized I really liked online businesses, not Mm -hmm. so much local businesses. Mm -hmm. Then I realized I really liked working with women 
more than men, which I know that can sound a little, <laughs> but that can sound bad, but like I did. And I honestly, like I, every year still to this day, I get one or two guys per year and that's it. Like that's all I <laughs> attract is one or two male clients every year. So I just kind of kept tailoring my content because uh, I was blogging and my sales page copy to really focus on um, online businesses, females. And then it was about two or three years ago that I decided I really wanted to work with health and wellness. Um, so like dietitians and personal trainers, yoga instructors and that kind of thing. And so then I really started to make really niche content for them. So talking about apps that they use, giving really specific advice, you know, for like about pages for dietitians instead of just, you know, like, hey, let's talk about about pages or sales pages. I was really making that niche content. And and that came about because everyone was talking a lot about like niching down, the importance of niching down. And, mm -hmm. and when I thought about, well, what do I, who do I enjoy working with the most? Like, what clients have I really enjoyed? I'd worked with a few personal trainers at that point, and they were some of my favorite clients. And so I was, and I personally love health and fitness. I work out every day. I eat really healthy. Mm. Like I'm very invested in my own health. And that's something that's always been important to me. So it was also like, I, I do have a genuine investment in health and like helping these people grow their businesses so they can help more people improve their health. So that's how I kind of came to finding my own niche. It was like, what am I most interested in? And who are the, who are the clients that I've really, really enjoyed working with and what do they do? And I found that commonality between the health and fitness. And you know what? I think it's very important to niche down for two reasons. The first one being that you want to do something that you enjoy every day mm -hmm. because it's it's your nine to five. You know what I yes. mean? You have yeah. to do it all the time. So you want to enjoy it. And of course, you know, like niching down is it makes it easier, you know, like to target your, your next clients. It you does. know what I mean? It does. Because then you, you can build a branding that is appealing to your target. Mm -hmm. And actually, I wanted to know um, what change did you notice when you started niching down? Um, niching down is one of the best business decisions I've ever made. I was terrified to do it. <laughs> I was like, mm. am I going to, like everyone says, am I going to turn people away? Is this going to, you know, hurt my business because then I'm only talking to one specific demographic. And I will say, I personally, I know other people don't do it this way. I personally, I still work with people outside of the health and fitness niche, mm -hmm. but that's who I market to the most. And I still have people who follow me who are not in the health and fitness niche. Like I, I still have plenty of followers on Instagram and Facebook that are not in that industry, but they're like, you're still valuable. Like I can still learn from you in your post, even if they, you know, I'm not in the health and fitness niche. But when I started to niche down, it honestly makes everything easier. It makes your messaging easier because you're not just trying to talk to online business owners who <laughs> that's a wide <laughs> range of people. <laughs> I'm specifically talking to dietitians and personal trainers. That's really who I focus on is those two um, groups. 
uh, it makes it easier for finding Instagram hashtags. <laughs> it makes it easier. <laughs> I know. Um, it makes it easier for um, like pitching myself to be on podcasts. And like I'm still on other podcasts that aren't in that niche. But again, like it's easier just to, you know, like, oh, like I can find some really niche podcasts to be on or, you know, something like that. So um, it just makes it easier um, because you look like an expert. You look like more of an authority because you're like, I specialize in this. Mm-hmm. And I think that also really helped with people knowing to recommend me because it stood out that like, hey, Jess works with health and fitness professionals instead of like, oh, I need a web designer. Well, they probably think of five different people who are web designers because there's like a million of us. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> so yeah, like there are. And so when there's specifically someone in that niche, it makes it easier for them. Oh yeah, just works with those type, you know, that industry. So And speaking of that, how do you get most of your clients? Are they coming from social media, word of mouth, or do you do outreach? So mine have always um, come to me. I've not ever really had to do outreach, but I would say mine is probably 50% social media and then 50% like they're finding me in Google search or on YouTube or something like that. Um, there are, there is a little bit of, um, referrals from like other, other clients or just business friends who are like, oh yeah, like Jess does that. But most of it is people just finding me and being like, oh my gosh, you're who I've been looking for. I need help. (laughs) Well, how can I hire you? That's good. And, And actually what is, um, your favorite social media platform to promote your business? I would definitely say Instagram. Instagram has is where I enjoy hanging out, um, and it's been the most beneficial for my business. Um, I'm on like Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn, but I don't really get clients there. People don't really find me as often. We don't. I don't. I'm just not as active there. I don't get as much engagement and all that stuff. So Instagram is where I really love to hang out. That's good. Um, And actually, you were just talking about, you know, like people finding you. And one of the things that amazed me, like I was saying earlier, is that you've been featured in media such as Glamour, BuzzFeed, Inc. I mean, it's very impressive. And I wanted to know how did a web designer and graphic designer ended up having media attention? Yeah. Um, so it is a little crazy to have all that um, attention. It's still kind of weird to be like, yep, I've been in these in these major publications. <laughs> um, but I, so the main way that I've gotten a lot of that press is by using Hero, which is help a reporter out. It's a free service. I highly recommend everyone go sign up for it. Basically, it's this database where journalists and bloggers will submit um, stories or inquiries for like, hey, I want to talk to somebody who can speak to, you know, whatever topic. And it's, I mean, it is a wide range of, <laughs> of topics. Like in one, you basically you get an email uh, three times a day with all these inquiries, like journalists and bloggers wanting to talk to somebody. And it can be in one email, you could be like something about the economy, something about an upcoming holiday, 
um, vacuum cleaners. And then there'll be like, oh, also like business owners. And then, I mean, it's like, what about, you know, houses? Like, how do you clean your house? Like, it is such a wide range of topics. Um, but that is how I've gotten those major features is I'll see those requests for talking to business owners and they'll want to, it's always like, you know, your best business advice or how you use Instagram or how you, you know, whatever, manage your time. And so I'll respond to those um, inquiries and then they've chosen me among others. It's not like I'm the main feature in those stories. Um, but it's usually like, Oh, like 15 business owners give their best tips for time management or something. And then that's where I've been mentioned. So Harrow is definitely a help. Did you end up getting clients because of these featurings? So to be honest, no, I have not. And at least not to my knowledge, I have not. Um, it has helped with, getting some more followers and getting some traffic to my website though. Mm -hmm. But to my knowledge, no one has directly said like, oh, I saw you on Glamour or BuzzFeed and then came and like hired you. But it could be that like they found me on BuzzFeed, then followed me on Instagram and then a year later and they just kind of forgot like, oh, I first found you in this article, but they, you know, interacted with me on Instagram for a year. But I do feel like it still helps, meaning that when I when I wrote, you know, your name on Google, those articles came out, you know, and I feel like when you want to pick someone and then you realize those things, it helps, you know? Yes. Yeah, it does. It really helps build your authority and your, your reputation. And that's one of the reasons that I have worked on, you know, getting my name out there more in major publications, but also just like on other podcasts or guest blogging, like that's been something that I've really focused on a lot over the years. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I even had in, I think it was in 2017 or 2018, one of my goals for the year was to hit a certain number of features. Like my goal was to be featured 30 times in one year. <laughs> And, and I beat it. Like I actually got like 45 that year. Wow. Um, so it was, and it was, it was really good for just getting my name out there and getting more brand recognition. I did get a few clients as a result, but by and large, that was just for name recognition and, and getting my name out there. Cause again, there are a ton of web designers, but that year I had so many people who just kept saying like, I am seeing you everywhere. <laughs> you are everywhere. <laughs> and I was like, that is the goal. That is the goal this year is to be everywhere. So actually, what did you do? Like, apart from using Help a Reporter Out, uh, did you, for instance, you know, approach podcast hosts? Did you, you know, what did you do to get featured? Yeah, so I did a lot of pitching um, for podcasts and guest blogging and stuff. And I also counted, um, like, if anyone had me in an online summit, I, I counted that, which I think that was only one or maybe two of the features. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a major component, the, the summit. But yeah, I just did a lot of pitching. I just thought of, like, where are places that I've seen other people being featured, being interviewed, um, because obviously that publication or that blogger is looking to, you know, highlight other business owners 
or something. So it was, that was something that if a friend or just someone I was following on Instagram was like, oh, hey guys, like I'm in this blog or I wrote a guest blog over on, you know, Erica's website or whatever, I took note of it and then went and researched it. Like, does this publication seem like something that would want to hear, you know, do they talk about websites or SEO or something? Or does it seem like they have an audience that would be interested in me and my services or hearing from me? Um, So that was something that I did was just kind of like paying attention to when other people would talk about where they were featured, taking note of it and going and researching that. Um, But yeah, it was a lot of pitching, a lot of pitching. (laughs) Um, Some of them were people coming to me and saying like, hey, like, we'd love to just have you on our podcast or, you know, I'm looking for a guest blogger. So there was some people coming to me, but most of it was me going to them. Oh, that's good. I mean, you you got the results that you wanted. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So on your website, you wrote, I build websites that help you get more clients. And you know, when people start building their own websites, because there are a lot of entrepreneurs that don't necessarily hire someone from the beginning, um, Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily think of the strategy behind it, especially to get clients. So what did you wish most entrepreneurs understood, you know, when they started creating their own websites? Yeah, I think um, two main things that I wish more business owners thought about or considered with their website. The first is that your website is not meant to just be a brochure. It's not just this like, oh, let me just put up some pricing and a picture of me and call it a day. Like it is supposed, especially in 2020 (laughs) and years coming, it is not just supposed to be this very bare bones, basic, like here's pricing. It needs to be a dynamic piece of marketing. It's supposed to be engaging. It's supposed to entice people and help build a relationship. And no, you can't just build a relationship with just a website, but like we want them to be so interested in you that they join your list or they follow you on social or hire you. Like Mm -hmm. they, that's the purpose of it. It's not, a lot of people are just like, oh, let me just put up some basic information. And in that same thought, then they also don't update it or even touch their website for five years. And so it feels very outdated very quickly. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean from like just the design standpoint, though that's part of it, but from a content piece from like the prices are outdated and the testimonials aren't updated and, you know, stuff like that. The other thing is that a lot of people just do whatever they want. They don't pay attention to what works best. Um, I was teaching at a workshop a few months ago and was going over some like do's and don'ts. And um, and I one of the things I said was don't have a rotating banner at the on like your front your homepage, which you've probably seen a lot of people do where you go to the yeah. homepage, especially like larger organizations, you know, they have like that banner and it's like an image with some text on it and it rotates every five seconds. Mm-hmm. And several people at the workshop were upset that not like actually upset. They were just like, what do you mean? I can't do that. And I said, it is so outdated. It doesn't serve like no one's sitting there just watching your banner. 
Like no one is like, <laughs> you know what? Let me watch this little slideshow. Oh, this is so great. And they were like, but I like it. I like that it shows different pictures. And I was like, it's not about what you like, unfortunately. Yep. <laughs> it's it's really not. Like it's about what is working, what does research show, what does the data show that like is most effective on websites. Um, and that applies to honestly anything, not just websites. Like what does the data show that's working with blogging, with podcasting, with Instagram hashtags, with Facebook ads, like it's not about what you like. Like you have to pay attention to what's actually working and what do the experts say is most effective for that platform or that strategy. Mm -hmm. And actually, um, speaking about data, you know, I read somewhere that the average human attention span for websites has fallen to five seconds. Mm -hmm. That's not a lot of time to get someone's attention. No, it's not. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. So how can an entrepreneur get people to stick around longer? So the main thing that I always encourage my clients and you know anyone who follows me is have a very clear headline on your homepage. Like, and that needs to be, the headline needs to show without having to scroll down the page. So it needs to be, you know, if you go look at a lot of websites, it's usually like a large picture and then text on top of the picture, usually like on the left or the right. Mm -hmm. um, and it says a large headline. This needs to be super, super clear, not using like descriptive flowery language that you love to, you know, how to describe your business. But like you said, mine says, I build websites that help you get more clients. Very clear. I build websites and it helps you get more clients. Not like building your digital home that, you know, whatever, like I can't even finish that <laughs> sentence, but like, like what is, what is a digital home? What is that? Like, are you talking about social media? Are you talking about a website? Are you talking about all of it? You know, like that would be confusing. So being super clear, you can use that. Like if, like if I wanted to use the phrase about building a digital home, I could use that elsewhere. Like I could use that lower on the homepage. I could use that maybe on my services page or something. I could use that phrasing, but on that homepage headline, we want it to be like layman's terms, super clear, straight to the point, because mm -hmm. that's how people stay. You're telling them very directly what you do and either like the result that it gets or who you do it for. Um, so like I could also say like I build websites for um, wellness professionals if I wanted or something along those lines. But being super clear because that's when people see that in that five seconds and that tells them, oh, I am in the right place. So someone who comes to my site and they see that, they might be like, oh, I don't want clients. I'm trying to sell products. Well, then they know they're not in the right place, so they leave. But someone who is trying to get more clients, they see that and they're like, yes, I want help <laughs> with this. On you know, I need help with my website. Let me keep looking because I do want more clients. This is the kind of thing I'm looking for. So I think being really clear on that homepage headline is one of the most important ways to keep people on your website. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. And actually, you know, let's say I, I hire you, you take care of my websites and then the job is done. 
how mm -hmm. can I make sure that my website is still healthy um, and also still helps me get leads along the way? You talked earlier about uh, making sure that uh, we constantly uh, share posts, update Uh, our prices and all that. But what about tools like Google Analytics? Is it really important for an entrepreneur? Yes, absolutely. Like analytics, website analytics are one of the most important things when it comes to your website and too many people ignore it. That they're like, I don't have analytics set up. I never look at them. I don't know what they mean. <laughs> um, and so that is going to give you a lot of information that you need to understand like what is what are people doing on your website and is it actually working so um you can look at like your most popular pages in your content so you can see like are a lot of people coming to your homepage and then leaving like you can literally see that information in your analytics mm -hmm. um you can see like if they just go to your homepage and then nowhere else okay so then that means we need to kind of reorganize or redo your homepage. Maybe you need a better headline. Maybe um, it's there's too much information. Maybe there's it's overwhelming. Maybe it's cluttered, uh, something like that. It just depends on like what your homepage looks like. Uh, you might see that a lot of people are going to your sales page or your services pages, but they're, they're not booking you. Okay, so then that you could look at, again, your text, your copy, your headlines. Um, is, it, is it good? Do we need to try and tweak things? Um, is the page too long? Is it too short? Um, mm -hmm. Then, especially with services pages or sales pages, then you also get into a little bit of it may not just be the website. It may be the offers or the pricing. So then that's where it gets into like, then it's more of a business decision and not just a website decision. Um, but if you know that like you, you're, it is an offer that people want, like maybe, um, you know, you redid your website and after you redid it, like inquiries stopped. Okay. So if you were having good inquiries before and then something changed and you redid your services page. Okay. So what did you redo? Did you update pricing or was that the same? Okay, then let's look at the copy. Let's look at the images. Um, the one thing I will say for anyone listening is if you are tweaking your website, try and tweak uh, just a few things at a time. Because if you redo everything at once, which this is difficult with like when it comes to a full website redesign, because then we're literally changing everything. But if you yourself are just tweaking um, little things, like maybe you're updating your pricing or you're like, I really like my sales page is out of date. Like try and just do a few things at a time. Like maybe just change the text and leave the images or vice versa, or just change a few things. Cause then you can see like, Oh, I changed the text and it improved conversions or I changed the text And I'm getting less inquiries. So maybe I need to revert back to the old text um, or tweak less of it or tweak it again. But if you change a lot of things at one time, then it can, it's hard to know like, okay, well, is it the new copy or is it, or is it the pricing? <laughs> so that's where it can get tricky. Mm -hmm. It makes a lot of sense. It's very yeah. useful. Going back to you and your entrepreneurial journey, what are the biggest challenges 
you've had to overcome? Um, well, one of the biggest, which is um, a lot, pers a very personal, and not a lot of people go through. But I lost my mom two months after I went full time. So oh, I started my business in 2011. That's when I officially started Just Creatives, and then I took it full time, quit my day job in 2014, and literally two months later, my mom was killed in a car accident. So literally was my first year of working for myself and I was having to deal with grief and depression. So that was very, very difficult. I still look back and I'm not sure how exactly I kept my business afloat during that um, because, you know, it was a very, very difficult year. Um, I've also, so that's like the, that's the biggest challenge <laughs> that I've had to to overcome. Um, I've also had, um, you know, just lots of like copycats um, that I've had to deal with. Um, and I think the other, the biggest, the other um, challenge would be when I was niching down. Um, there was a lot of like mental blocks around that. Like, I don't know, is this a good idea? Is, is this, like I mentioned earlier, it was very, very scary. Um, but having to overcome that and like, really fight through and like let me give this a try like let me see if I can if I can do this you know if it makes the most sense um and that was it was very scary but I think after the first like three or four months I already started to see that it was a really good decision mm -hmm. so I have two questions about what you just said so first of all thank you for sharing yeah um So the first one would be about mental health. Yes. Uh, when we're working for ourselves, uh, we often forget that it can be very difficult. Like you say, you can go through some stuff in your life, but you still need to take care of your business. Um, what would be your best advice, you know, for solo entrepreneurs? Sometimes they drain and sometimes things happen in their lives and they don't necessarily know how to take care of themselves. Go see a therapist. <laughs> that is my number one advice. I don't care if you haven't had a death in the family, if you aren't struggling with depression, like it doesn't, you don't have to have some major life circumstance happen to go see a therapist or a counselor. Like I think everyone could benefit from seeing a counselor, everyone. Like even if you think life is great, um, it may not be that you need to see them every week, but I think... At, like at least once a month, it is beneficial, especially for entrepreneurs. Like we go through so much. It's a roller coaster. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of like mental things that we have to work through with mental blocks around like money and our self-worth and stuff like that. So I think it's super, super important. And then I would also say really, really setting boundaries in your business, boundaries around when you work, um, not just like oh, I work, mon you know, Monday through Friday, nine to five, but like taking weekends off if that's something you want to do or taking holidays off or whatever that looks like. Um, I don't want to say, you know, like you have to take off weekends because everyone's different. But for me, I really work nine to four or five. I don't usually work on Fridays and I don't work on weekends. Um, and I also sometimes just take off a few days Um, like it's planned in advance. I don't just like leave clients hanging, but um, <laughs> I just schedule days off just 
to have a breather. Um, and I think that's super, super important. I took two weeks off in September, um, just because, and we couldn't go anywhere because of the pandemic. And so I just hung out at home. (laughs) Um, and I felt so much better when I came back. I didn't even realize like how much I needed that break. I felt so creative when I came back. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I felt so refreshed. And so I think, take time off, even if you're just at home. Like it doesn't have to be that you're going somewhere or doing something. I think just stepping away from the business is really, really healthy. Oh yeah, definitely. And by the way, staycation, I feel that they are undervalued, you know, like staying at home. Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. It feels so good sometimes. Mm hmm. It does. And then you don't need a, like a vacation from your vacation. Like, you know, exactly. like I love to tra- I love to travel. I love it. But sometimes when I come back, I'm like, I just and which I have scheduled. I have gotten better about like I don't just come back and like the very next day jump back into work. I usually give myself like one or two days, sometimes three days to like get back in the groove and like, okay, now I'm back home in my time zone. (laughs) Like, let me catch up on emails and stuff. Like, so that's helpful. But yeah, sometimes it's like, oh, it's just, I'm here. I'm just not in the office. Exactly. Um, And also, so earlier you were talking about the challenges you had to overcome with all those copycat, how did you deal with that? Um, so those were very difficult because, um, so it's happened, I think four or five times now. And a few of those times they were people I like knew like friendships. Oh God. Yeah. It wasn't just like, who's this lady copying me? They were friends of mine. Um, so I, for most of them, I confronted them like, Hey, this is this is my sales page and this is your sales page. Do you see that you've used it word for word? Like the same layout and like this section is the exact same. And, you know, so um, confronting them is usually what I did. The people I didn't know, um, you can file a um, DMCA notice. Basically, you can contact the website host um, there's ways to like find out who the host, who the person is using for their website host. Um, but I figured out who they were using, contacted their host and was like, Hey, this person, you know, like this is the page in question. This is the page that they copied on my website and sent it to them. Cause a lot of website platforms have it in their terms of service that like, you know, it has to be original content. You know, you can't, steal, copy, plagiarize, et cetera. And like, if you do, they will shut down your website. Wow. So (laughs) yeah, like, so people, obviously we never read the terms of service, but like the website platforms are there to help protect, you know, content creators and business owners. Like, no, you can't just copy someone else's stuff. So, um, when I did that, they, I don't know if they like fully take down the site or if they just like temporarily take it down and let the person, you know, like fix the issue or something, but that helped take care of those other things. So yeah, it's just, it's going to happen, I think to everyone at some point and you can't, I don't think you can stress out about like, well, what do I do? Do I prevent right clicks on my website or do I prevent them from like downloading my images? And I'm like, I don't think it's worth all that stress and all that extra work. It's going to happen. There are ways around it. And you just have to 
you know, roll with it and know that there are ways to handle it. I didn't know about that. So thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Helpful tip for you guys. <laughs> exactly. How to handle the copycats. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we're coming to uh, to the end of uh, this interview, and I have two last questions for you. The first one being for uh, the the website designers and the graphic designers who are going to listen to us. What advice would you give them when they're trying to launch their career? I would say pick your niche sooner than I did, because <laughs> I did not officially get to my I, like I mentioned. I you know slowly kind of niche down, but I would dive in to your niche like a lot at the very beginning it's just going to help your business um a lot faster than than I did <laughs> um so I would say pick your niche know that you can also change your niche like it's totally fine if you start with a niche and then you decide like you want to completely change to something else or you want to like niche down even further or, you know, something like that. So I would, I would say do that. And then, um, just build relationships with other people who serve the same audience. So like other, you know, like copywriters, like I, all of my clients ask me for copywriter recommendations because I don't do copy. Mm -hmm. I just do design. Um, they also, you know, ask about like social media or setting up email marketing, like their ConvertKit account or something. So like building those relationships or having a list of people that you can refer to your clients, that's going to make you even more valuable to your clients. Like my clients love when I'm like, oh yeah, I have a list of copywriters. And then they ask about social media and I'm like, oh yep, like here's some people that can help. Um, I even get questions for like business coaches. So like just having a list of people you can refer um, is going to make you even more valuable. Okay. And my last question would be about the freelancing journey. So what advice would you give to someone who's not freelancing yet? How to get into the freelancing game and how to grow their business? So I would say some of, one of the best things I did when I was freelancing on the side and, you know, slowly working to going full time. I didn't have a lot of clients at first because um, I didn't mention this earlier, but I moved to a completely different state four days after I graduated college. So and like I mentioned, like the online world wasn't is wasn't what it was than like what it is now. <laughs> it was not as, uh, you know, like we didn't, Instagram wasn't like it is now and all that. So like it was very hard for me to find clients because I was in a totally new state, didn't know anybody. So it's hard for me to get connected um, and get clients. Um, and so one of the best things I did was what I called personal projects. So, you know, as a designer, like I needed to build my portfolio of design work so that people could see more of my skills. So like I did like my own little poster series and I did um, just these little like personal design projects that weren't for clients. They were just for me. Like one I did was um, like a little design for each state in the US, like just mm -hmm. a little like poster or whatever. Um, usually like a quote or a song lyric that involved like the name of the state um, in the U.S. And that was just a way for me to challenge myself and get more of my work out there. And so I would say whatever 
whatever your business is going to be, think about like, how can you get that in front of more people? Like if you want to start like a cookie business and, you know, selling cookies for birthday parties or whatever, start making cookies and just like give them to your neighbors or your friends or your family. Like, I know that obviously that requires buying supplies and, <laughs> and whatnot, but like you can't just have like a few pictures of cookies and then just expect that to work. Like keep creating and putting your stuff out there in front of people so that they, so people start knowing what you offer. Um, and that can be a little more difficult also, like, you know, if you're a business coach or something like that. But I think in those instances, it comes back to building relationships with people and just saying like, Hey, like I see that you are a social media manager. I'm a business coach. You know, like, I don't know if your clients ever need help, but I'd love to, you know, refer each other if that's something that you think you'd be interested in. And I mean, that doesn't have to be anything official. Then it's just like, okay, like I'll just keep a, a note with your name on it and know that like, if my clients need a social media manager, then I can refer them. Like, it's just a reminder to myself. Like, it doesn't have to be anything more complicated than that. But I think showing your work and building those relationships, that is the biggest key to growing your business. Wonderful. Well, Jess, thank you again for getting in the show. Um, you shared some great tips, and I'm sure my audience is going to find it very useful. So thank you for that. And um, yeah, so... Before ending it, would you mind telling our audience, you know, where they can find you? Yes. So my website is jesscreatives.com. And then I'm basically on social media everywhere at jesscreatives. Um, and you can find me there. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Yes. Thank you for having me. That's it for today's episode. Make sure you subscribe and share it with your friends. Talk to you soon.